Hi, and thanks for choosing Thought Garden. I'm Rachel, and I'm delighted to have you with me. A while ago, I posted on LinkedIn, and I asked for some topics for a blog, and one of my connections, Karen Walters, proposed that I shared something about nature as a facilitator for transformational coaching. And because coaching is 100% my bag, and being outdoors is my favourite thing to do, um, I actually regularly combine the two, so it would be pretty bad if I couldn't explain the benefits. And yeah, I felt like a muppet for not thinking of this for myself, um, because nature is the coaching tool I love the most, and it's the key ingredient for my, my overall purpose. And it's not a tool, really. It's not just a tool. It's a healthy space and place to undertake a cognitive process like coaching that helps with creativity and broader thinking and clarity and peace. Being outside does something to us, um, if I can elaborate. Um, there are multiple studies now proving what walkers and forest bathers have been enjoying and celebrating for millennia. Uh, spending time in nature helps with overcoming mental fatigue, it reduces feelings of anxiety, it alleviates low mood. Um, I think I've spoken before about the Japanese scientists, among others, who've collected clinical data indicating a reduction in blood pressure um, and increased alpha brainwaves relating to creativity. Um, so those are the waves in the brain that, that help you be more creative. They've noticed a release of serotonin, which is the happy hormone, and all of this after just 30 minutes in a forest setting. So that's quite the menu of just lovely things. Um, there's some research now into chemicals, uh, phytoncides, that are released by trees and hedgerows, basically, so anything green, which suggests an effect on the immune system that's similar to uh, compounds that are known to help our bodies fight infection from viruses and bacteria. Um, there's a load more studies that relate to animals and the treatment of mental health disorders. Um, and then there's some more studies again that, that more generally cover the therapeutic um, benefits to humans um, that have more everyday levels of stress and strains. And you know, it's, it's an incredible tool to, to the, for the human body, let alone for coaching. But specifically for coaching, for me, nature provides variety. The terrain, the elements, uh, changing season by season, um, the weather adds to the atmosphere, so from a sunny day to moody skies and dark clouds. Um, when you think about where you can choose, shady forest paths, uh, manicured gardens, parkland, and I particularly like the big skies of, of the chalk downs near me, but also the moors and these really big skies, big open vistas. So the choice is more variable than the four walls of an office. Um, and it significantly engages all of the senses. Virtual meetings, I don't dislike virtual meetings. They're fine, they have their place. They're very good when the weather's awful, um, but they can't do this variety. They can't do this variety, not for the senses. Now I mentioned the weather and yes, it's a consideration. Um, I'm in the Southwest of England and it rains frequently. Um, and normally it's the kind of straight down vertical kind of rain and that doesn't stop me from going out. There's nothing wrong with that taking an umbrella and if you're in the woods you don't get very wet at all. Um, and it can bring another layer of thinking. Um, I do draw the line at rain and wind at the same time. So pretty much when the rain starts flying sideways then I revert to zoom as the tool of choice. Um, 
But actually, even then, sharing some pictures of nature and using them as an aid to metaphor and an aid to broader thinking, there shouldn't be anything to stop us thinking about nature while we're on a Zoom call. While I'm on the subject of metaphor, and bear with me here, I'm going to sound like I'm completely bonkers, but last month, possibly the month before now, I likened myself to a dead tree. Bear with me, I do have a point. As a coach, I have supervision to keep my practice sharp and my reflections useful. So this was a reflective exercise to imagine myself as a tree and describe it or find a picture. And my mind went to this fallen hornbeam, which is a tree up in a field above my house, which had been blown down by Storm Dennis. Um, so I, I often walk out and quite often I've stood under that particular tree during one of these rain showers to, to shelter. So Dennis had other ideas, however. Um, and I was thinking actually what this tree meant to me. And it's, it's normal for a tree to offer support and shelter. So the birds, the bugs, the squirrels and walkers caught out walking without a, a, a Mac like I was. So when this tree fell victim to Storm Dennis, it was then trimmed and chopped and the trunk was left in a sort of small wild area um, on the way up to, to where it used to stand. So I managed to persuade the local authority to leave it as a habitat, as a sort of bug hotel, if you like. So... I think there was talk of it becoming a bench or something. So I thought, well, better better bugs than bums. So, you know, would they let me do that? And ultimately they said, well, it saves us room, it saves us money. So yeah, we'll let the bugs have it, which to me was a little victory. And now, you know, it's still a tree. It's not a live tree anymore, but it's arguably more, it contains more life than it did when it was standing because it now nurtures a wider variety of life and growth than it did when it was upright. So... I had the experience of being in one state, so corporate life, uh, experiencing something akin to Storm Dennis, the restructure, and then repurposing to nurture the growth of others. So that's where that metaphor comes, or that analogy even. So I started coaching outside the organisation, and this is so nicely outlined through this, this metaphor that I felt a deep congruence between who I am and what I do, more so than when I was in my corporate job. So do you know what? Dead tree all the way, I'm okay with that. Our minds connect us with stories and with nature. We are hardwired to respond better to stories than we are to just cold facts. We are of this planet, we are made of the same components. We share, I know, 40% of our DNA with things that are plant-based. I mean, that's pretty hefty, frankly. And then when it's animal-based, that, that amount increases massively to the point where we are 90% the same as our chimpanzee ancestors, brethren, whatever we want to call them. As hunter-gatherers, we would be elated to happen across fertile grounds with trees and shelter and berries and animal and water. And that hard wiring hasn't gone. That hard wiring that was soothed and pleased by the same things, it's still there. It's, what our, it's the resources our ancestors were so reliant on, so we still find it pleasurable to notice these things. We may think we've evolved, but our brains are still in that space. No wonder we now find modern living so overwhelming. When there is a screen on the wall, on the desk, on your wrist, when you can't escape this digital um, barrage of stuff and information that just overloads us, nature can act as a salve for that. And I'm not saying you know, digital stuff's a bad thing. It's not, I'm okay. I mean, I'm doing a podcast, I'm recording it on my laptop. But we do need to detach every now and again to reset ourselves. And, and that's where nature comes in. And that's why nature is so precious. 
there's something with the physicality of being outside. Um, and there's something about moving shoulder to shoulder with another human and you're both going in the same direction and that other human is safe and non-threatening and has no agenda beyond your thoughts and your own well-being. A client shared with me not long ago that he felt guilty and indulgent that this discussion was one way and felt like it was all about him. And I said, well, it, well that's because it is and that's okay. And it's perfectly natural for a social creature to feel this way and a coach that walks with their clients needs to be okay with receiving that feedback and allowing that individual to have that feeling and hold it lightly because it does it does feel odd the first few times. I'd admit that. Where was I? Yeah, the action of walking side by side being powerful. When we are feeling anxious, threatened and concerned, which is quite often the kind of thing that prompts us to go for coaching. It can be disconcerting to be a little bit more kind of face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball to talk about those challenges and those worries. Now, I don't advocate the old uh, psychological premise of lying on the couch with somebody behind me. I would find that, I think, a little bit more uh, nerve-wracking. But I think shoulder-to-shoulder, walking in the same direction, in a place that is effectively confidential, particularly if you can get out somewhere that's not very peopley at all, I find with my own clients that more is shared. The relational depth is enhanced and the sense of safety seems to be increased despite being in the open. Coaches are trained to be great at putting their clients at ease. It's one thing I'm very proud of my ability to do. So using tone and using body language as an aid to rapport. And coaches are skilled at building and maintaining trust. It's the key facet to coaching. It's that you are a safe container for their thoughts and for their feelings and that doesn't change outdoors if anything it's enhanced the action of walking to shoulder to shoulder feels collaborative um, we have to be careful as coaching because it doesn't feel like we're colluding but it's collaborative traveling together in the same direction acts as a kind of unspoken agreement that the discussion will be going somewhere it has flow it has purpose and the feeling that that destination will be reached safely and together When I'm coached, when I'm supervised from my office, I take a little longer to think differently. I'm surrounded by these sights, sounds and smells of the everyday. If a phone rings or the dogs bark, my train of thought gets derailed and it's tricky to get it back online. A new kind of cognitive process has become, I'm wondering what that was, I'm wondering who's gone past the house, I'm wondering who who might have been on the phone. I found the same in my corporate life when I coached and was coached or had everyday meetings in the office. My focus drifted really easily and I don't struggle to focus on my client on a walk we pause we use the environment we find analogies and reflections in the world around us and if our train of thought gets derailed it's not derailed it's kind of paused because we've I don't know we've seen a bird or we've heard something or a squirrel's run across our path but finding what we were thinking about and the thing we were talking about has always been really easy to get back to I don't find the same in an office for me being coached in the office wasn't conducive to breaking old habits. It didn't help me create new habits when I was surrounded by so much that was, well, A, comfortable and familiar, and B, in the space where I had invested so much time evolving as a professional. And also, the environment in which I was trying to think was the environment in which my problems had basically arisen. So it was, I was a an indoor plant. I was a pot plant that existed and survived where I was but I didn't really flower until I was moved to a more nourishing environment. So quality coaching, going back to what's transformational, good quality coaching is transformational. Anyone that has experienced it and has reaped the benefits will tell you that. 
When mental well-being, physical health and creativity are enhanced, it can be sensational. And that's why nature matters. If you like this, please click subscribe to hear more. What I'd really like is your feedback. So do go to coachinnature.co.uk and use the contact tab there, contact tab, um, to let me know what you think, how you found this. Have you been coached in nature? If you are interested in coaching in nature or being coached, obviously that's my website and you can get in touch with me about that too. Otherwise, have a great coming week, two weeks, whatever it will be, before I talk to you again through podcast number four. And I'm hoping for the next time to have a guest to talk to you. So stay well, and I'll be speaking soon.